0: This week on Geek Explained, part three of Soup Timber features a Saturday morning discussion with some big Friday energy. As I'm joined by book club co hosts Malcolm Russell Nelson and Jacob Brown to discuss our favorite episodes of Superman, the animated series. <laughs> Welcome back to Explained. I'm your host, Eric Azana, and today's episode is part three of soup the podcast series where the entire month of September is devoted to the Man of Steel. Last week was a great discussion on the evil Superman problem with good brother and fellow Soup-Tember connoisseur, Zach McCrary, of the comics that we love. And this week, I am joined by my book club brethren, Malcolm Russell Nelson and Jacob Brown, to talk about Superman, the Animal animated series which is celebrating its 27th year can you believe 27 years this month i just ugh, it is a big part of my life always has been it was one of my several gateways into the character and remains one of my favorite representations of that character. So I sat down with Malcolm and Jacob to discuss each of our favorite episodes of the series. Uh, We've also got a really interesting weekly review where I'm going to dive into the first season. That's right, just the first season of netflix's one piece adaptation a lot of thoughts i watched the whole thing and i cannot wait to share my thoughts with you on that of course we also have this week's comics countdown where i'll be chatting you up about all the comics you should be picking up this week but before we get into any of that i gotta talk about something playstation's state of play over the past week was Notable for a couple reasons. Uh, We got a big old gameplay trailer for Spider-Man 2, which is just over a month away. I am shaking in my boots because the footage looked incredible. I've been trying to stay away from a lot of the gameplay and trailers and stuff because I don't want to get too spoiled on stuff, but all of the screen caps were coming out and I just couldn't stay away from it, so I watched it and lordy lordy i was really excited (laughs) i was texting malcolm and jacob funnily enough uh while i was watching the video and a couple things caught my eye first of all mysterio Mysterio's gonna be in this game i am stoked as hell uh we also saw that our girl Haley from miles morales is coming back alongside ganky and the rest of miles supporting cast and it looks like we're gonna be over in brooklyn visions academy for that which i'm really excited about uh brooklyn and queens are going to be added to the overall map it's gonna be huge y'all lots of lots of stuff going on um One of my big things, though, was costumes. They showed off some cool costume stuff. One of which, I think the one that everyone's kind of going crazy about right now, is the uh, Spider-Man 3 black suits. Uh, Get ready. Bully Maguire's coming. It's going to be a great time. But the thing that got me, and I think you know where I'm going with this it's superior spider-man i saw the screenshot where they were showing off 65 costumes 65 costumes each costume gets four shaders so different colors of each but the one that they decided to show was superior spider-man and i cannot i cannot stress enough to you that i will be doing nothing else in this game before I get that Superior Spider-Man costume. I am getting that costume if it's the first thing that I do, and it will be, because I will play through this entire game as the Superior Spider-Man if I can help it. And then the other thing that happened was we got the latest trailer for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and oh my god, it looks incredible. We got gameplay, we got... I mean, mini-games at the wazoo, we're going to Cosmo Canyon, we're going to the Golden Saucer, we're going to Nibbleheim, and it's going to be a fun time for everybody. I am very curious where exactly this game is going to end, because I assumed, I think as everybody did, and I think... um, Toshinori Kitase has talked about how the game is going to be split into three acts. I assume, I don't know this for a fact, that that's still the case. But we do know that the second game is being split into two discs for some reason. And that we saw um, teases of the flashback. We saw teases of obviously Golden Saucer, Cosmo Canyon, and all that. We also saw teases of maybe a Vincent Valentine, which is very clearly Matt Mercer. Um, Maybe it's because I spent... Too many hours in Midnight Suns playing as Matt Mercer, but I'd recognize that that tenor, that that low baritone anywhere. I am very excited about the possibility of uh, Vincent Valentine, but I don't think, if, if I remember correctly, you don't get him until very late in the game. So I don't know where this is going to end specifically, but we also got teases of the Zach stuff, which I still don't know what to think about. We'll just have to see. Uh, we saw dual techs. We saw all kinds of things. But the thing that got me. Chocobos. 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 We've got traversal. We've got chocobos that climb walls. we got chocobos that glide. we got chocobos that race. we got all of the chocobos you could ask for. I'm wondering if they you know, developed a version of the Chocobo breeding or not. We'll just have to see. Can we get a golden Chocobo? I don't know. But the one thing I do know is the release date. Y'all, this game is coming out on February 29th, 2024. Do you know what that date is significant? I'll I'll, I'll give you a second to guess. Listener, I, I, I can actually listen to you. I can hear you right now. Guess. Just give me one guess. No, actually, it's because it's five days after my wedding. Five days. Five days after my wedding, I'm going to be playing Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. What a wedding present to me. And I'm just saying, Square Enix, you have the opportunity to do something real cool. (laughs) I, I, I think you know what I'm... I think you're picking up what I'm putting down, Square Enix. I'm throwing out the challenge. You got something... You got an opportunity to do something real cool just so happens that within a week of this game coming out to my wedding I don't know I don't know what to tell you but yeah needless to say very excited Eric is a very happy boy after that state of play so I'm having a great time and I am very excited for the multitude of hours I'm going to be spending on two of my most hotly anticipated video games but uh That wraps up the kind of stuff I wanted to talk about. So, without further ado, let's get our September on in our main event, the main course, the entree, if you will, where in part three of September, I sit down with my book club boys, Malcolm Russell Nelson and Jacob Brown, as we discuss the best episodes of Superman: The Animated Series. Everybody knows that Superman, strange visitor from a faraway planet, can change the course of mighty rivers and bend steel in his bare hands. But the big question is, will he ever have a successful cartoon series? That was the question posed by Pat Jenkowicz in Comic Scene, issue number 54, back in January of 1996, at the announcement... ...of Superman the Animated Series. Little would we know... ...that... ...over 20 years later... 25. ...Superman... 25 years later... ...Superman the Animated Series... ...would be an iconic piece of Superman lore... ...and Superman pop culture... ...and really all of animated culture. Superman the Animated Series was a project that was developed to further flesh out the world of Batman the Animated Series. It was very clear, with it being by the same studio, same creative team, that it would be furthering the quality and the, let's just say, the timelessness of Batman the Animated Series. And... I think it checked all the boxes. So, in this episode, in part three of September, we're going to be looking at the best episodes of Superman the Animated Series. But I am not alone. As with every week so far in this month, I hope you've been enjoying the episodes. I am joined by two people who I have great respect for great admiration for and two people who I spend pretty much every single week with joining all the way from the far reaches of the Geeksplain book club the distance between the Wednesday show and the Friday show is essentially the distance between Gotham City and Metropolis I am so pleased to bring on Jacob Brown and Malcolm Russell Nelson from the book club it's the book club boys on wednesday wow
1: that's so weird we've
2: graduated i know we made the big time we we, we're actually we're actually co-hosts in this podcast now is that what it means now we're not the b squad anymore yeah no (laughs) we're like the a team now yeah that's right we're part of the justice league quick which justice League are you uh black lightning (laughs) <laughs> nice.
0: Interesting pick. Very uh, Jacob, cool. Which, uh, which Justice League are you? Ambush Bug. Oh, wait,
2: no, never mind. That was a different guy. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 Plastic Man, actually. Oh, really? yeah. How did I All know right, you were going to
0: pick fucking Plastic Man? Bet.
2: Yeah, I knew you were going to be Plastic. No, that's a great pick. It was either that or The Flash, but really, I, I really acknowledge I'm, I'm Plastic Man.
0: Nice. I love it. I love it.
3: <laughs> All
2: right. That's fantastic for us. I love that.
0: The only possible way that these two would be the B team is if B stood for book club, because these are two of my very <laughs> best friends in the world. And I'm so happy to have you on the Wednesday show.
3: We're like and... Power
0: Rangers SPD that way. We're like yeah.
2: the main cast oh, okay, is the yeah. B team. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know? Okay.
0: They're literally the B squad. We're the other guys.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: We're the other guys. I love if you are not tuning in every Friday to the Geek Explain Book Club. First of all, shame on you. But second of all, you are missing out on some of the best parts of the podcast. Recurrently, we are going through every single issue of the Flash Rebirth in season four, entitled "Brave and the Bold," where we're tackling the Flash Rebirth series as well as Green Arrow Rebirth. But here. It's all about Superman, baby. Yeah. I am very excited to talk about this with you all. Uh, I knew when putting Soup-Tember together that it had to include the Superman, the animated series. I mean, how could it not, right? How could it not? Yeah.
3: yeah exactly. And
0: immediately, I wanted to talk to both of you about this because we have talked about ad nauseum, our admiration for the show, our admiration for the take on these characters. And so each of us to this episode has brought one episode. We narrowed down the entire show to three episodes, with us each also having a runner-up. And we're just going to be talking about each episode, how great they are, why they resonated so well, and i'm just really excited i'm really excited to talk about this with you guys it makes me uh it just makes me happy talking about my favorite superhero with my favorite people
2: hell yeah thanks for having yeah. us yeah yeah please glad to Sorry. be here super glad to be here oh, boo. oh wow.
0: boo. <laughs> uh, if you are not listening to the book club you're going to get some big book club energy yeah. for sure BCE. We're gonna we're gonna He's... go ahead whoa, and just point that right whoa, now. BCE whoa. book does club have energy. That
2: That's a T-shirt. No, now. no, he does not. Olivier yeah. does,
0: but Olivier definitely
1: does Is that French violence.
0: French violence. Wee wee. Before we get into the series itself, though, I want to ask each of you. We'll start with Jacob. Uh, how were you introduced to Superman?
2: So. I remember getting, so it's 1996 and a nine-year-old version Setting of me is, is letting, is, is so excited and obsessed with cartoons at this point. Um At this, uh, it was right around this time when a new network called the kids WB was about to premiere and uh, it was premiering on Saturdays and would, uh, and eventually would change to Sundays. But uh, I don't even know if it like, Stayed on Saturdays and then switched to Sundays, or they just did both Saturday and Sunday. Anyway, I don't care. Uh, the the point is is that uh, when when it premiered, they were all like, "Hey, we got this new lineup of cartoons. We got Animaniacs back, and all this other stuff. Also, a brand new show is coming." And I will always remember this promo of. From the creators of batman the animated series comes superman and it's superman on top of a building with this cave flowing behind him and he's just looking at the cat the, the the camera all poised and awesome and i was just like oh i want to watch this this is this is my this is my chance to get in on this like batman train you know like uh batman the animated series was just a hair too old for me in the sense of like Uh, Like I was just just too young to like fully understand Batman, but I liked Batman, I did. But it was scary when I was a kid. It it (laughs) was a scary show. That like when I would watch it, I would be like, I feel like I shouldn't be watching this at times. But it was still Batman. Um, But when Superman came along and through that promo, I was like, oh, I can get behind this because this this is Superman. Like, well, you can't expect too many bad things from Superman because it's Superman. And I and at the time. This was the introduction. This was the introduction to DC Universe to me. Superman. Uh, I didn't know anything about Superman other than like kind of like where he came from, his origin a little bit. I didn't know much more about his villains or powers or supporting cast or or the other characters, other super DC hu- heroes that he was going to encounter. This was my introduction into comic books. Was this show? Hell yeah, I love that, Malcolm. How were you introduced to Superman? <sighs>
1: I got to be honest, I don't fully remember. I mean, it's <laughs> got to be TV. Um, it's it's got to be TV. Yeah. But I I truly don't remember. Um I just remember Superman being a thing for me as long as I can remember. Um
2: Uh Maybe <laughs> like uh, Hanna-Barbera, uh, Hanna-Barbera uh, cartoons or something like that, you know, Super Friends okay. and stuff. This
1: was before all that. This might be a bad look. Um, Okay, I'm ready for it. I love. I used to. I I used to not necessarily be into sports, but to be into like athletes as a kid. That's Um, fair. Specifically, you know, in the '90s, there's a lot of not just big athletes, but a lot of big black athletes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I was a huge Michael Jordan guy.
0: Huge! Everybody was in the '90s.
1: (laughs) Every kid. Um, I mean, he was the icon. But right behind him for me was Shaq.
0: Shaq, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and I think my first introduction to Superman might have been Shaq's tattoo of the Superman. That's yeah, because he loves Superman too. Because he loves Superman. That's why he was in Steel. That's why he played John Henry Irons in Steel. He loves
0: Superman. An underrated masterpiece. Um,
3: possibly no, no that movie is a <laughs> shit. It's,
1: it's absolute hot garbage
3: but that might have
1: been yeah, i i was trying to think of like the first time i saw the symbol and that's yeah. the first time i remember seeing the symbol is seeing it on him and be like that's
0: so cool
1: that's cool but me knowing at that point that that's superman so i i don't know for certain what my first exposure hmm. was but i do vaguely remember like remembering that that was superman
0: Well, it's funny, too, because, like, the 90s, like, weirdly enough, was like a... I I don't want to say it's like a golden age because we're currently in the golden age of Superman media. We'll say it's like a silver age of Superman media when it comes to Superman, uh, the animated series, current Superman, books at the time. And then we had Lois and Clark, which was huge. Huge. It was was everywhere. And we nominated nominated Lois and Clark. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had you know, larger-than-life people like Shaq, who obviously loved the character and talked about it all the time. Right. And so all three of us kind of grew up at a period where Superman was just, like, no... And, and he, was a, he was a before. hot ticket
2: in the 90s. Yeah, he was absolutely. like, he was he had just come back for the, the whole like death of Superman had just happened, and he mm-hmm. had just come back with his mullet wearing lovingness that he was. Yep. And John. it box. John with John that, that Nicholas
1: Cage and Con yeah. Air hair. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. 100%, absolutely.
2: John yeah. Bryan had, had John yeah. Bryan had introduced the like the condensed power version of Superman, where it's uh-huh. just like, okay, mm-hmm. so we, we need to control Superman's powers and be like, this is the limitations of who we can be we can't yep. have him like fucking flying around and like like moving sneezing planets out galaxies yeah and s- Exactly. Yeah. So we yeah. just, it, it was really at a really good time to be a Superman fan.
0: And, yeah, we also got, like, Electric Blue Superman, Electric Red yeah. Superman, Woo. Uh, Woo. The, more, yes. uh, the, the GMO. The JLA, GMO JLA, oh, yeah. 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 Like, it was a good time to be yeah. a Superman fan in the 90s. And one of the biggest parts of it was Superman, yeah. the animated series. And so each of us took the time... Put in the effort, watch through the series, and there's a lot of episodes to go through. But I I genuinely love this series. It's one of my favorites. I always end up going back to it every so often. It is a comfort to me. So let's let's talk about this. Who would like to go first and talk about this. Do we episode? want to talk about the
1: episode or do we want to talk about honorable mentions first?
0: you know what let's do that actually we'll uh we'll, we'll go through our runner-ups so uh all that glitters is not gold we did have more episodes that we could talk about but we wanted to make sure that we talked about one episode each to uh to leave room if we wanted to do a sequel episode of this but yeah. we did want to include each of us a runner-up an honorable mention and also ran if you will uh and and I, and I guess I'll go first. I'll I'll talk about mine because I have a special attachment to this episode, yeah. and this is episode seven of season three of Superman the Animated Series, entitled "In Brightest Day."
3: Woo! Yeah! <laughs> Great I episode. love this episode. This episode. Uh, for a few
0: different reasons, <laughs> which I will get into right now. So I think like most people at the time, uh, obviously my first episodes that I ever watched the show were, of course, The Last Son of Krypton. Uh, It was the three-parter that starts the show, but the very next episode that I watched or that I remember watching was In Brightest Day. So really, In Brightest Day is kind of my entry point into the wider universe. And In Brightest Day introduced me to Kyle Rayner, yes. my favorite Green Lantern, oh, yes. one of my favorite characters of all time. And now we know that why. That fandom started here. It started it's here yep. with a yeah. young Eric Azana learning about Kyle Rayner, sort of. Having the backstory of Kyle Rayner, but the appearance and power origin of Hal Jordan.
2: (laughs) Yeah, okay, so real sidebar, this is how I became obsessed with Hal Jordan without knowing it.
0: That's because, so funny. Because
2: of this fucking episode. It might episode. have
1: been for me too, actually. That's possible. It's really what that's it was. Impossible.
2: It's really what it was because I was like for the longest time going like, no, that's Hal Jordan. And I was like, no, it's Kyle Rayner. I was like, what? Why is he? Why does he have a different name here? He looks what like fucking Hal Jordan. Right? Like the whole time. And it's and because, because like, no, he it's was Kyle
0: the Green Lantern Rayner. at the time in the comics, but they just decided to yeah. give him Hal Jordan's origin story for whatever reason which yeah, is strange like because he's still an artist he's a cartoonist of the daily planet yeah. but this brings in abin soar introduces us to sinestro it's it's a great all around yeah this great is where i got introduced to sinestro Yeah. Same. this is
1: where sinestro yeah. became one of my favorite characters voiced
2: yep. by uh voiced by ted levine uh from uh, yes. the, the, uh the what is it the the uh, God, I can't even remember from Monk and also uh, what is it, Silence of the Lambs? Yeah, he was. Yes, yes, to yes, 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 yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Excellent, yeah, pull. He's got that fucking sneer to his voice. It's yeah, yep.
0: mm. yeah, but yeah, that episode introduced me to Kyle Rayner, introduced me to the concept of Green Lanterns, and also introduced me to the idea of maybe the world really is bigger than just Superman. Yeah. Maybe there are other heroes, and I love it. I love it to death. It's a great episode, so that's my runner up in Brightest Day.
1: Uh I'll go next. My my runner-up is actually it would actually be my pick. Um oh, but unfortunately I couldn't pick it off of a technicality. What? My technicality is that it's not from Superman the Animated Series. It's from Justice League Unlimited. I always forget that this is an episode of Justice League oh, Unlimited and I not know an you're episode.
3: what <laughs> you yeah, know I was say,
1: exactly what I'm gonna. Uh, it's yeah. for a man who has everything.
3: Yeah. Uh, which
1: is an adaptation of one of the best Superman stories. Uh, it was uh, so. It's from season one of Justice League Unlimited. It's episode two of season one of Justice League Unlimited. Is it really.
3: Yes. Yeah, that's the wild thing.
1: It's it's <laughs> right after the Green Arrow Initiation episode. Wow,
3: that's um, so crazy. It was,
1: the episode was written by J.M. uh a yeah. great comic book writer, uh, adapting a story from Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. It was directed by Dan Reba. Uh, yeah. It debuted uh, August 7th, 2004. And it's it's adapting Superman annual, was it 11? 10? Ten, 10? 11,
2: I think. I think it's yeah. 11.
1: Is it yeah.
2: 11? Yeah. I, yeah, it's 11. I so have great, right? the
1: issue somewhere. It's... It's one of the best issues of Superman history. Um,
3: yeah,
1: Batman and Wonder Woman come over to uh, the Fortress of Solitude to uh, to celebrate Batman's birthday, or to celebrate Superman's birthday. Yep. Uh, and they're as they're walking in, they're talking about what What do we get him? What do we get the man who has everything? And when they walk in, they realize that Superman is just paralyzed there. He's got this alien plant on him called the Black Mercy. Uh, which makes him live his perfect scenario a world that he wishes he would be in uh and so while they fight mongol in the real world uh superman is living this alternate this alternate life uh yeah. on krypton with a family that he has from krypton and it's 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 fantastic um heartbreaking too. the end of that is gutting it is oh. absolutely Fucking gutting. It will. It will kill you. That shit will kill you. It. And I. I I think the adaptation is just. I mean,
0: that story might be my favorite
1: thing that Alan Moore has ever done.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's the only adaptation that Alan Moore has ever signed off on his work. That's the thing. Exactly.
1: Like that shows how strong the adaptation is in 22 minutes they nailed that adaptation perfectly it also Perfect. has some of the most badass like batman and wonder woman stuff uh uh-huh. the wonder woman gi- grabbing the giant gun uh, and yeah. mongol being like oh is that what that is and then her being like go to and then fires the gun so good rips. Oh. um like yeah. it's awesome. It's it's such an awesome episode. I always forget this is a Justice League episode though because it yep. feels so Superman centric to me because, because of it's a it Superman story from a Superman annual. It's just a Superman story, but you know, it, I I I think that's where Newburn really gives this fucking fantastic yeah. performance
3: Burn. as Superman too. Yeah. Like,
1: I mean. Oh my
3: god! Oh <laughs> incredible. It's, genuinely. It's such it an is amazing incredible.
1: episode. Incredible. So that would be my pick. Uh, but because it's from Justice League Unlimited, I did
2: not pick that.
0: Fair enough. Jacob, what's your runner-up? Um
2: my runner-up that I was gonna pick uh is, is very similar to my abs- to the to, to the actual episode I actually pick. It's a little too similar. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on the back burner until in case we ever do a follow up episode of this of okay. this episode. So I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna leave it for the listeners to like if you want to know what it is it's probably it's probably it was my first pick to begin with but it, oh, uh, I changed it to the other one because of like how a personal okay. story um connects to my actual pick. Cool. Um, but so I changed my I changed it to a personal favorite it is called the way of all flesh Mm. it is directed by kenji hachi i am not getting that right and uh, and it's written by stan berkowitz and it premiered in october 19th 1996. it's the seventh episode in the first season um if you watched the show and saw the pilot uh we were introduced to uh john corbin who uh steals a a a, a robotic suit from from lex luthor and is in prison We follow up on him. Uh, We find out that Lex Luthor has been, like, he's been living a... uh, So so John Corbin has been living a life of luxury in prison and uh, because of Luthor funding uh, him to keep quiet on, like, the whole, like, scenario with the suit and stuff like that. Um, Turns out John Corbin has a fatal disease, a rare and exotic disease that's killing him. And the only way to cure it is to have his body completely... uh, ripped out from himself and have his mind put into pretty much essentially a robot a metallic robot um that will give him also not just like uh like not only will he be impenetrable to like disease and phantom and all that other stuff but he will also be um uh incredibly strong and powerful because the suit is powered by kryptonite and he uh it, it, and he goes off uh in in kind of like the it, kind of like spur for it from from Lex Luthor to go after Superman. And he confronts Superman and fights him and goes through this whole element. Um it's a really well structured episode because you learn through the episode that um the reason why John Corbin got that such a rare disease was because of the doctor that freed him from prison. Uh, he's working for Luthor. Luthor told him to put the disease in his food so that way he could test his prototype metallo suit when john corbin finds out about this he confronts luthor about this and eventually through like escapades and stuff like that um they 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 wind up in the on on lex uh, lex corp's uh, uh lex's like yacht and uh, in the middle of the ocean and uh, it it explodes and stuff and they get stranded in the water and it's one of my favorite moments is um, uh because of john corbin being in this like he has metal skin on top of as well being this metal uh, metal uh, uh, skeleton that's inside of him he is unable to feel he can't touch he can't kiss he can't eat he can't do anything all the, the, the like th- all the things that make life pleasurable and fun he cannot experience anymore he's just a living robot for at a time when i was a kid thought wow that is that's hard to deal with i couldn't i couldn't even fathom thinking of like What would happen if I couldn't touch and all that other stuff? Like, would I go insane? Uh, Like, just like how Corbin is like right now. And yeah, the best part is he's too—he can't keep afloat, so he just sinks to the bottom of the ocean. And Superman saves Luthor and and like takes him out. And it's like, I hope you don't mind if I don't see you home. And it's like, there's nothing you can prove, Superman uh every evidence that's like against me is at the bottom of the ocean and it's like yeah but i wouldn't be the one that's like worrying about how long that's gonna take and then he takes off and then looks look, like looks out into the ocean ominously as my favorite yeah. panel of the episode is yeah. of, of the ocean floor panning down to the actual floor and from the far af- scape, you can see this figure moving in the water as this glowing green, glowing uh, green. Like center i center that him just coming Closer and closer to the camera, and the music going, Ugh. and the music going, diddling, 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 his little theme song was playing. Ah, um, terrifying. it's such an incredible. I, I love that episode because Metallo is my favorite, but it's a, it's always a toss up between Metallo and Brainiac as being my favorite villain in that series. And I pick so Metallo be, because his arc in that entire series is probably the best. Um, from going from there he goes to this episode called Action Figures where he does reappear from the ocean but the thing is all of his flesh is completely like it's completely worn off, off. Like, melted. Yeah. Away. And he winds, right. and he winds yeah. up yeah. Yeah. on That freaks this me out so bad
1: as a kid. Oh, me terrifying. Out. I it. <laughs> Metallo scared the shit out of me as a kid. Metallo 100%.
2: scared the shit out of me as a kid, and I loved it because I was just yeah. like, this is the first time a villain has actually been kind of genuinely terrifying. Also, so the he was rooming as the
1: Terminator. Yeah, yeah <laughs> sure. Sure. The Terminator. I was like, the he's the term- Terminator.
2: That's scary. Yeah, the Terminator effect is full power in that episodes so uh, if i would say it's like the way of flesh and action figures is kind of like kind of a combo it's like a two-parter yeah it's a two-parter to continuing that um and i always and i always said that like if you wanted to make a um superman movie between the time of 1996 to 2006 i always said that you should just take the last son of krypton and tack on either one of the uh one of the episodes of like either The Way of the Flesh or Stolen Memories to make it a specific villain-centered movie. Yeah, it's a perfect two-hour block for you to yeah, like, smart. revamp. Yeah, so. So I, so I love it. I love that episode. I, I love, I love Malcolm McDowell playing uh, Malcolm uh, McDowell John doing the
0: absolute most incredible as John
2: voiceover work. Yeah. Who I also would envision in the '90s, back in the time, to be Metallo as well. So why not? <laughs> he it, it could have very
0: easily done it. He
2: could have, yeah, mm-hmm. it could have been very easily done. So that's,
0: sure. uh, yeah, I've seen Star Trek Generations. He could have done it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Malcolm McDowell for me, it's I, I always envision him as he was in Heroes. Yep. So, so like yes, that was my yeah. big like Malcolm McDowell, yep. but I always forget I was first exposed to him in this show.
2: Same, yeah. Exactly. Very good, very good fun moments. Uh like one of my also clutch moment, favorite moment in that entire episode that's like really funny is um uh, he knocks Superman off and and he's getting closer and Superman just rubs his head and is like, oh, and then he looks over and he grabs like a piece of pipe and he just throws it at Corbin and it just bounces off and then Corbin goes, <laughs> well, that was rather desperate. <laughs> <laughs> Again, <laughs>
0: that McDowell, like, well, yeah, You're like,
3: made of kryptonite. And you're <laughs> out oh, it.
0: so I would good. do the exact
3: same thing. <laughs>
1: McDowell, that's so funny. <laughs> so funny. It's just like, wow, that was really desperate. I didn't expect that from you. <laughs> it was
2: so fucking that's, cool that's
1: awesome <laughs>
2: but when he focuses the beam out of his body and it hits superman in oh. the sky that oh, sequence yeah. of animation so is incredibly well done mm, um, yeah, yeah. That, i, could go I love metallo that. he's metallo cool. rules. Metallus, Metallus what Nels. a great yeah. character what a great character in that show like seriously. So
0: you mentioned you, you mentioned the last cent of Krypton and I think for me the rule that I had coming into this that we did not discuss, but I kind of made it myself was that <laughs> making you know picking our our favorite episode that i had to set aside two episodes world's finest which is of course this legendary beast that's kind of untouchable for me but also last son of krypton being the three-part uh that introduces it, it, i mean it's one yeah. of the best introductions mm-hmm. to superman ever it's so expertly paced wonderfully written incredibly acted i mean the art design is incredible but i have yeah. decided to because i like obviously obviously it's 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 incredible obviously it's the best so i set that aside and i set world's finest aside i don't know why it just it made the most sense to me but now getting into our picks malcolm i would love to know what is what is your pick for the best superman the animated series episode me you okay if you're ready
1: uh <laughs> i think the best so, uh, and this is purely the best just for me
0: yeah for uh, sure like ob- it obviously, has exactly all, what I want. obviously all of these picks are just our own they are subjective and if no he, for, for the man who has everything is actually the best yes, that is that is uh, objective but yeah but, but our but, picks yeah, are subjective is,
1: this is subjective. Uh yeah. the best for me is Nighttime. Uh mm. it's season 3, episode 2, uh, uh written by Robert Goldman and directed by Kurt Geeda. Uh it was originally released uh December 10th, 1998. Um Nighttime. Uh yes, baby goes up against Roxy Rocket. Uh, yes. Uh, Love this. It was a huge season. problem for me as a kid. Oh, sad. Um, <laughs> still, yeah. still is because uh, it was a bomber jacket wearing lady on a rocket, and that's awesome.
3: Um,
2: that that uh, rocket also was very provocative. So I like. I mean, I, of, there there's something of, going on there. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of <laughs> uh, humanisms there. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> um, and I wonder why I am the way I am. Uh, Not me, I exactly know exactly same. why. I, and, I agree with you. That's fair. So Superman stops her. And she mentions that Batman's gone missing in Gotham. And so all the criminals are just having a field day in Gotham. And so Superman goes to Gotham to find out what's going on, comes across Robin, Tim Drake, uh, which is the first of many little crossovers with Batman in the animated series, like directly, or new Batman adventures, I should say, directly uh, throughout the season. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Robin says, yeah, you know, Bruce left me a message saying that he was going to be on a vacation, like kind of weird. Batgirl and Nightwing went off to go uh, to the Himalayas to find them. They went to go fight this ghoul guy. I don't know. Yeah, love that shit. I love that yes, <laughs> And so
3: that.
1: so Superman says, well, we need to find what's going on. But all the criminals are acting up because Batman's not here. So I'm going to pretend to be Batman. And so Superman <laughs> pretends to be Batman to fight these criminals yep. and also it's figure so out where good. Batman is. And it yeah. is so satisfying. It really is. Yeah.
3: <laughs> because
1: so this episode is purely just a Superman teams up with Robin episode. Of course yeah. I love it. <laughs> of course yeah. it's my
3: favorite.
1: It's yeah. literally just the two of them teaming up together. Uh, Robin has to teach him like everything, which is awesome, like how to be a good Batman. Yeah. um
2: that was look, close
1: you're telling me the sooner we find your best the better <laughs> it's on your right it's on your right constantly telling him where yeah. things are on the utility belt is yeah. so good It's so good. But my favorite part of that scene
0: is when him and robin show up and gordon's like where the hell have you been and he just goes away away okay. he's like and he that just like like he looks it? off he just looks off <laughs> <laughs> it's so good he
1: keeps looking up like and he's gordon? not making direct yeah. eye contact with gordon yeah. and, and gordon's like gordon, that all you're going to give me yeah. and he just
2: nods just
3: <laughs> so so if you good. wanted to prove
2: that the city really needs you you did a good job <laughs> <laughs> right here does this guy look familiar and then like robin's like, it's like he's Bane. looking at oh, it oh
0: yes ah uh, 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 yes Ah. <laughs>
1: Bane,
2: <laughs>
1: like the episode is laugh out loud funny it's so good it's so uh good. It's great the the i mean so <laughs> you know bane comes into town uh he's a man disguised as batman right uh and robin go to stop bane the riddler and mad hatter
0: great fucking uh, <laughs> trio <laughs> yeah
1: which is a a, a great trio uh, B, you get more John Glover as the Riddler, which that's Seriously. what I always want And how it yeah. somehow
0: predicted the Tom King Batman run. I don't know how. And C, <laughs> somehow it, it did will, that.
1: I swear to God, he took that run off of this episode. I swear <laughs> to God. Uh... But it leads to uh, Superman beating the shit out of Bane, which is so awesome. Good. <laughs>
3: well, <laughs> which Cataract.
1: really fucking rules.
2: <laughs> Bane Bane beats the shit out of Superman for a good while Bane beats too. It, yeah, yeah because, because Superman isn't he prepared. Thinks that He's just like, Batman. oh, this is just yeah. some guy. Yeah. Exactly. And, and and the
1: criminals are fucking shook when Batman starts rising all the concrete off of himself
0: They're like, "Wait a second! Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. What is this?" Oh, is he this? should not be able to do this. Robin's he like,
1: oh, "He's been working out." Like, yeah, <laughs> which is a great Superman two callback. Like, it fucking rules. It's the coolest episode.
0: And I love, and then to, it all like, comes down to. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I love the scene two where Robin is talking to him, and he's like. How, how'd you do? How'd you do his voice? <laughs> and he's, he's like just muscle precise memory muscle and muscle like, control. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like precise I, like, I have control? a really I good said, ear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just adopts and he's like, fucking, "Don't do that again." <laughs> fucking whips around and looks at him with this dead
3: serious look. Yeah, it's yeah. so, so good. good. It's so fantastic.
1: But I do
0: love that, like that dynamic of Tim being like, "No, you." kind of got to prove to me that you're good with this because like i've been running the city myself yeah that's cool that's the thing
1: tim has been taking care of gotham city while everyone has been gone
0: by himself
3: uh,
1: gordon tim is new
2: at being robin at this point so good but he's fucking handling shit to set this scope for the listeners like barbara and dick are off Tracing like the call for uh, Rachel Ghoul and everything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and and like all uh, the mystery is like, where is Bruce Wayne and why has he like disappeared and what what has happened with all of these like like why are we getting all these signals from all across the world?
0: Yep, and yeah. then Superman
2: picks up the phone as he was going to call somebody to fucking, and then he, and re- he sees it. something he sees this needle that's microscopic and all these little like bugs mm. on it. And it's like, it's, it's, it, it's, it's like yeah, little he notices the
1: bugs on the piece of paper. And he's like, and there's, the paper. there's something moving on this it's like paper. like the nanites. Yeah. And this nanites. little nanites that's all over were, the paper. Yeah. And then he picks up the phone and sees this giant spike. Like, you know, I say it's giant like a, spike, but a big old needle. A needle. Yeah. A needle just sticking out of the receiver in the phone. He's like, someone planted these. And so when, when they go to stop the three criminals, they question uh, Mad Hatter, which leads to a great like interrogation curious scene. They're eric- so, like yeah, kick sir. over the table. It's He's like what? Sir. He's like kick over the table.
0: <laughs> Trust me. Oh yeah. like,
1: Go with it. And he kicks no, the table. Penguins. Like okay, I'll that tell you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what that's what penguin. That's penguin. Yeah, that's Penguin's like
0: weird. penguin says the lion. Why <laughs> should I tell you? Citizen, but I'm no stool pigeon. <laughs> <those> stupid- I <laughs> like land, a man, channel.
2: and I love, I love, I love uh, Superman trying to be Batman. And it's like a man's life is in danger. Isn't that good enough? And the ping was like, "You're breaking yeah. my heart." And, yeah. And then Tim it's is great. just like, it's... "Kick over the desk." What? And then it's like, "Just, just do, do it." it. And he kicks test. it. Just and it, just it.
1: Shatters. And <laughs> shatters the entire illusion. Like as yeah, exactly. <laughs> well. Wow. I is, won't ask I... twice.
2: And it's just like, oh, "Okay, no need to get your feathers in a ruffle and it's... anything.
1: Which I think, I think it's Roxy that he's specifically talking to. So at, at the beginning of the episode, he's talking to Roxy, and Roxy's like, oh, you don't know that Batman's missing? And he's like, we're not exactly friends. And the whole episode yeah. is kind of really about him learning a little bit more about what it takes to be Batman. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. Uh, yes. And him exactly. kind
1: of seeing it from the other side, which I think is yeah.
0: wonderful. Um, and it's a great you know, sequel it's, it's not piece just to play, World's act. Finest.
1: Yes, it great is. follow up to World's Finest, it really and then is. kind of sets up like, like I said, you know, Batman shows up a couple of times throughout this season, yeah, and it kind of sets up that dynamic a little better. You know, there's there's a little bit more understanding there, which I think is really awesome. Um, yeah, it all comes down to Brainiac. You know, yeah. d- d- in World's Finest,
3: mm-hmm. uh, again, a nice tie into yeah.
1: World's Finest. Yeah. You know, Lex Core and Wayne Industries were working together. You know, uh, and so uh, during that time, Brainiac implanted stuff like he got into the circuitry and got into the system, yep. hacked around, found out that, like, Bruce Wayne had access to he all this technology that could send him home. He hacked around and found out. That could send Brainiac <laughs> home. And so he took over Bruce Wayne's mind so that he could, like, get this project commission to build this rocket ship so that it could send him home. Um, and comes down, you know, to a big fight, A uh, great moment where, you know, Brainiac is going up against Superman dressed disguised as Batman again and it's like, you know, but Batman, you're just a man, and hits him with these laser blasts.
2: Uh he says like he says And it completely like, just
1: burns off the costume. Uh, and then there's just Superman standing there. How
2: <laughs> low Corey this Burton's
0: Brainiac, oh my god. Is
2: is is is, is unnerving. It's Jeff's so unnerving. Piece like so seriously good. that man is How so loud. talented for being just a voice actor but him specifically play, voicing brainiac was probably it's my so favorite good. So, it's so good it's so howl 9000 from 2001 spa- space yes. yeah that's, space. Exactly. that's
1: that's exactly the performance he's giving and it's, it's perfect oh my god Great like my Paul. favorite
2: quotes from brainiac in that episode is like when 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 uh uh, Superman as Batman pretty much just like captures Brainiac right before he's just about to destroy Bruce Wayne and and his and he starts doing the deducing It's like you you hacked into the uh, the profiles and everything I can't allow you to leave yours every bit of uh, of the detective, that your detective followers on the that's internet I love <laughs> it great. So I love, love it you are still yeah. it's a great a episode
3: Yep.
1: It's it's just a great episode. It's a perfect like tw- again, twenty-two minutes of just gold. Uh, Comedic gold, awesome action gold. gold.
2: It fucking rules. Mm-hmm. When it comes around to the end where like Superman defeats uh Brainiac and destroys him and like goes back to follow up with Bruce great and like scene. uh and 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 Tim Ugh. back in the in the in the in the back cave, This will this is a quote that will always get to me. Um because um at this point, like um Bruce is like, okay, so like uh, understands what happened. Is like, he's like, oh, so I heard, um, I heard, by the way, I, he like turns to Tim and he's like, by the way, I heard the city's been busy while I've been gone. And Superman is like, not too busy. Uh, you know, for a guy who is such a loner, you sure know how to pick a partner. And it's that one uh, great yeah. moment of Tim just yeah. like, oh, shit, somebody actually stood yeah. up and all this stuff. And it was like crystallized
0: Tim's role as Robin for sure.
2: It yeah. really did. It, for me, it was just like, oh, that, that was the recognition that Tim needed right then and there for being Robin after all this time and the yep. fact that superman got the perspective enough to be like oh maybe being a brooding asshole once in a while yes. there's more to that pretty much than what i see on the surface mm-hmm. uh, it's more it's it's what's being batman is what uh, really makes it appeal to him and but yeah. that quote for me at the end of that was just like oh that's that's that was the whole meaning of this episode yeah that was so cool. yeah
0: it's great that. excellent pick malcolm it's my favorite episode it's it's so good all right jacob you're up what was Uh, your pick
2: okay um we're gonna get into sad boy jacob pretty soon and um i'm gonna i'm gonna bring this up because um because this episode has a very specific story tied to me and i'll get to it after i get to the end of it um the episode i pick is apocalypse Dot 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 now, yeah, parts one and two. Uh, it is uh directed by Dan Reba, it is a story by Bruce Tim. Uh, but the teleplay is written by Rich Fogel. Uh, this premiered uh in February. Uh, f- uh, the first part was February 7th in 1998, and then the second part was on Valentine's Day, February Aww. 14th, 1998. Um, Perfect. so, so the so when uh okay we're gonna start so the episode is this runo Mannheim and his intergang are back on earth um taking out a job and everything like that through dark side pretty much from from dark side have been established into this into the series have been like supp- uh supplying uh these these extraterrestrial weapons to this inner inner game uh for for uh, for being loyal servant to dark side uh Officer Dan Turpin and Maggie Sawyer are on the job. They're trying to stop it. Unfortunately, things go a little, uh, a little too wrong, and Maggie Sawyer gets hurt. Um, she ends up hospitalized, and Superman, of course, comes and saves the day and, and stops everything. Um, while they're at the hospital, uh, a boom tube comes out, and all of a sudden, some character just comes right straight out, out of New Genesis. It is Orion. Oh, Ryan, coming in like the Watcher from Fantastic Four, going like Galactus is coming. I mean, Darkseid is coming. You need to prepare yourself. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> and and which they they find out, and he's like, hey, I need to talk to Superman. Superman is about all this, and he's gonna. Darkseid is coming. He's going to try and take over this world, and he's gonna like try to do that. Yeah, it's basically all this stuff. Um, and and doing saying all this, um, Manheim has been taken by Darkseid to a, a, a facility, a nuclear facility, um, where they are planning to have a complete meltdown of this facility um, in, in an effort to to uh, bring about a plan that Darkseid has, which is to convert Earth into pretty much apocalypse. This this melted core is supposed to leak all the way into the core of the center of the Earth and explode into different hot spots that will pretty much turn it into apocalypse. Superman stops this by basically diving into the water where this island, where this facility on an island is, and um, creating uh, uh, sinkholes to the magma to cool it off before it could sink all the way to the bottom. And then successfully does. Um, Darkseid reveals himself with his army ready at hand, and um, he confronts the Man of Steel. He destroys him in the sense of, like, his Omega Beams. Just his Omega Beams just ruined Superman to the point where, like, his costume is all tattered and, and burnt and scarred. And and it was up until, that, uh, up until that point before, like, before, you know, Peter Parker stole, like, the whole, like, damage suit kind of look, everything that he had associated mm-hmm. with. It was always Superman for me, like, first. Um, yeah, baby. um In the attempt of the oncoming battle of forces, um... They capture Superman. They sprawl him out like freaking Jesus on a cross, but it's like this circular, this circular holding cell, like in front of him on top of a tank. As Darkseid is coming into Metropolis on the streets and just declaring on every level to everybody in this world, electronically or whatso, saying, like, I am the new leader of this world. I am your God. You are my slaves, and you need to accept that. And Dan Turpin. Through all of this, he, uh, listeners, his design is based off of uh, Jack Kirby, um, yep. to, who up until this point had just passed away two years previously. And yep. uh, it was more of like an honoring of this character. Um, they they respond by saying, hell, it's very much the New Yorker moment in like uh, Spider-Man, where it's just like, you're, you're picking on a bunch of kids. like You mess with one <laughs> of us, you mess with all of us, you know. Yeah. It's basically this in, in, in enforcement to that. Um, and just before they're about to, uh, attack, um, Orion comes, Orion comes with backup force with new Genesis and saying, declaring that earth is the, is now under the protection of new Genesis. Any attempt of hostile like work onto this planet is a threat to the treaty that we have between you, uh, between, uh, new Genesis and, and dark side. Um, and With that, Dark said, it's like, all right, fine. I guess we can't do anything because I can't, we can't disrupt the treaty and I'm a man of my word, I guess. And he turns and leaves. And um, this is so, so before I reveal like the end of this, quick side story. 1996 uh, was like the last happy year of my childhood, uh, was seeing the first season of this show. Because in February of February 28th, 1997, uh, my uncle committed suicide. He had died from a heartbreak um, and could not take it anymore. And uh, he decided to end his life that moment. Um, It was the hardest thing I had ever experienced in my life at the time. It was the first tragedy, it was, every bit of like what you think it would be in terms of like Peter Parker's finding his uncle dead. Um, oh, this is so hard. Um, I promise this won't always be like um, me bringing up like personal issues onto the air for for to explain these events. But like, you need to understand that the this, this show has very significance to me because of because after that, before he died, he gave me a VHS copy of Superman because he realized how much I love it. It was the collected of The Last Son of Krypton that I still have to this day. And I watched it. I watched it shortly afterwards. Um, it was also a time when shortly after he died, we were moving to Tucson, Arizona. Um, I was living in Texas and I had spent both, four years of my childhood there and coming back to to tucson um at the time also nobody cared about superman but me nobody was watching the TV show i tried to explain it to my friends nobody cared then my uncle died and then i moved to tucson and then i found new friends and they were just as excited about superman and everything um i showed them the vhs that i had to friends and stuff um and from there that following year um Around this time, it's very funny because it's it mentions that this episode comes out in February. A year later, this episode comes out, um, and in the end of this episode, um, Darkseid turns back and says, "Enjoy, savor your moment of victory, Superman." Bec- but remember, victory has its price, and he shoots his Omega beans at Superman, but they dart away around him. And they focus on dan turpin vaporizing him in an instant in the moment now at the point i thought he'd he'd just been teleported like they do like he would do this to like bruno manheim a couple of times you know just re just teleport him to the apocalypse so i thought dan turpin was apocalypse but everyone gasped even superman was a gas and left and as Darkseid leaves Superman just runs at him and going murderer, and just could not capture, could not get fast enough to capture Darkseid before he disappeared in the boom tube, and focuses all of his strength and, and his anger on the tank that was left where it could capture him, just echoing the, the 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 pounding of like metal fist on metal over and over again, um, to the point where he just gives up. He just like gives up, and Orion just says, "I'm sorry." From there is a funeral scene of Dan Turpin, a beautiful scene that pans over not just our preliminary cast, but supporting cast, as well as the animators that have, and crew that have been animated into the background. Um, also, I would like to say, this is probably the first time Stanley has been in a, a DC cameo because he's in that funeral scene. If you find him, um, it's my, it's, it's, it's so heartbreaking because of Superman is the only one left at the end, and this rabbi gives this incredible uh, prayer uh, in honoring of like some uh, of of Dan Turpin's like Jewish heritage. Also, remarking Jack Kirby's Jewish heritage, um, he's at the headstone and says, "Goodbye, old friend." In the end, the world didn't need a Superman, just a brave one. And um, it's just this silhouette of him bowed to to this headstone. And it reads at the end, this episode is dedicated in the memory of Jack Kirby. Long live the king. I think of that because I needed it. I needed to close on a person who... Without him, I would have not aspired to be um, what I am today. He, he was a real, he was a real um, musician and, um, and very artistically well-driven, uh, my uncle. And uh, to, to see that snatched away and then to honor that was through this show. The show kind of mirrored what I felt for the longest time, and I continued on from that. And I regard this as my favorite episode because it made me realize a lot of issues and made me grow up. It made me, it turned me from being average Clark Kent to Superman. And I dedicate it to the man who saved my life, which is the show, Superman, the
0: animated series. That's heavy.
2: I'm so sorry, guys. No, 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 no. You're Don't good. Good. am I'm, no. I'm.
0: I'm glad you shared that. I'm glad you felt comfortable sharing. Yeah, that, that was beautiful. Really,
1: Honesty is beauty, man. I love it's, that.
0: I, it's why I. It's why I still have
2: this little jam of. Oh, no. Hey, um. It's why uh, I listeners. Have...
0: He's he's showing off a crazy retro Superman action figure from that period of time. Hey, Figures from, from back in the
2: time. Wow. Uh, uh, I also have the Superman animated series uh, original score on a couple of episodes oh, ho, ho. that is, like, uh, like a, a four-disc set.
0: Um, Yo! Uh, Yo! The, this, yeah. So now you understand, listener, why I had to have these two on oh. here for this. And, and like, this is, this is a huge thing, right? Superman the animated series touched so many lives for so many people and for all kinds of... You know, different reasons. I mean, that episode, Apocalypse Now, is incredible. That's
2: un. I remember
1: seeing that the first time. That, yes. like,
0: genuinely,
1: that, that ending, because I love Turpin, man. rocked my rocked shit. That ending rocked my
2: shit hard. It rocked my oh, shit,
0: man. Oh, and it's, it's funny, because, like, like, Dan Turpin as a character, I think, if you watched the Batman, the animated series going into this, was like, oh, he's just, like, another Harvey Bullock. Superman. He's, yeah. Like, I mean, no, Wait, no, no. he was the like, If, that if I liked. you watched Batman before <laughs> Superman, you'd be like, oh, oh, he's, just oh like yeah, yeah, okay. like, he's just like yeah, a Harvey yeah. character. Like, yeah, just He's a means. little more likable. Right, yeah. I 100%. Episode,
2: I always thought, like, Peggy, I always thought Maggie Sawyer and Dan Turpin should have been like a buddy cop episode with Superman. Oh, like this should, yeah, yeah. should have been like a buddy cop hell episode yeah. with them. And then that episode happened and I was like, well, we can never have that.
0: Their so, dialogue they were with each other just, is incredible. Yeah,
2: they were just Bullock and yeah. Montoya. Just right. way more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. way more fun. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Also, Maggie Sawyer actually being shown to be a member of the LGBTQ LGBTQI plus community. Is yeah. You think a woman who that. visits her in the hospital is her good friend? Yeah, bro. No, that's I, yeah no, that's his sister. Oh my God. And they were roommates. I thought
2: they, I thought they mentioned that that was her sister. I don't think they
0: did.
1: Oh really? Yeah. yeah, I don't remember. I mean, maybe I'm remembering it wrong.
2: I need to to rewatch it then. (laughs) Cause I remember, I thought, I thought they mentioned something that it was like, that was her sister. If not, cause like I I watched it last night and
0: um, seeing when she wakes up after the initial attack and that woman is there and she's just like, Hey you, I'm like, I don't talk to my siblings that way, but I mean, again, I mean, everybody, everybody's different. I, I don't know, but yeah, that's I think fair. it's me at, at least. To me, it's at least yeah. very clear that she is, and for that to be on display in a cartoon in the nineties, nineties, that's pretty bold. Yeah, pretty that's bold. bold.
2: And to kill a character, like to kill a character, to see see a character killed off like that, yeah, like, yeah, that's why that just
1: shook me to my core. It
2: just shook me. It it reached way too deeper for me when I, like, especially for that
0: character because he had gone through such a huge journey from the beginning of the show where he was like, nah, like, I get what Superman is doing, but this is police business and it should be left up to the police. It's like times when he would be like bristling up against superman and be like i need yeah. your help superman superman and all the way like to this episode <laughs> where he rallies the city to you know, the if you mess with one of us you mess with all of us yeah, like right. <laughs> yeah. rallies superman against i steppenwolf of all characters and the parademons yeah and like, also like yeah i forgot about blue that yeah. pointed hat steppenwolf mm-hmm. this is like renaissance fair steppenwolf yeah yeah, this is real yeah. Steppenwolf. This baby. is the real
2: Steppenwolf, baby. And watching
0: him rally the city and him get this kind of like shining moment, and then being cut down afterwards—it's—it's it's beautifully tragic. That character completed his arc. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, what an episode. Great action all the way through as well. Um, yeah. Character. nonstop. stop ca- Yeah, like character clear. beats are incredible. And this, you know, continues on the story. Okay, one thing that I love about this series from the first season to the third season is you get this escalation of the fourth world and, like, the dark side stuff. Like, he, he shows up initially at the end of the yeah, first season. Yeah, that was the thing. Yeah, which I believe uh, it's tools of the trade where we get Bruno Manheim yes. with uh, Canto, right? Yeah. Uh, and and then at the very end yep. teases Dark Side, and season Side. two is all yeah. about bringing that br- bringing in the new gods, slowly that getting new gods, yeah, into it basically, and like yeah. like slowly getting it in, a, like yeah. like Calibac shows up, and then we get Apocalypse super. now.
2: So mm-hmm. instead of a flashback, I got a super fact for everybody. Super facts. Uh, Whoa. The, the thing uh, so you need to thank the new gods and the Jack Kirby aspect because they they use that as the template for the art of Superman, the animated series yeah hundred um, they they, they realize yeah. they, they they realized they could tap into the new gods and make that part of the show um and and they kind of adapted that Jack Kirby kind of style for mm-hmm. Superman and all the exactly other characters the in that style right. in that style. yeah also, I my, do want to – one of the things I learned.
0: Uh, Just jumping off of that, I do want to reference Watchtower database. They did a wonderful video on the series. It's like right around like 40 minutes long. It's called um, it's all been done. How Superman the animated series found. Thank you so much. Uh, where they, they did this whole documentary style in the making of the show leading up to it. Really great, great oh, yeah. video. Uh, it's pizza.
2: a great video. I just watched that too, and I was gonna reference that video. So thank you so much, Eric. <laughs> like we
0: have to we have to I put have
2: that we, we gotta put that video as a link for, for all of you listeners because yeah, you wanna totally learn will. about the actual like back history of of them making that show, that is a great like video just to learn of like what happened, basically. Absolutely. They were in
0: a yeah i'll 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 link that on the uh the show notes definitely check that out but yeah, yeah and and Dan Turpin, just as like a character obviously modeled after Jack Kirby as yeah. well, like right down to his design, his proclivity mm-hmm. for punching fascists like Dan Hell uh, <laughs> yeah Dan Hell Turpin yeah. is a legend, and this kind of like being his swan song was a big blow yeah. but yeah, great episode. thank you for sharing Way that story episode. man of that was i mean. This, this is what this, we do. This is this is this is what this is my this favorite is talk series. about. This is like uh, this is my favorite yeah. animated
2: series of all time. Like I understand It's Incredible. so good. It's still good to this day. It's a comfort it's so show. Funny. I'll put on once in a while. I used to For never sure. put it on because I remember it so vividly. Remembering getting yeah. up early enough to watch Superman. Oh, it, in, it was in like, in like appointment weekdays. viewing. Not even. Not even a trip to, like, seeing my cousins for a weekend would deter me from catching an episode of Superman in the morning. I would still yeah. get up in the morning and turn on a TV in some secluded room in my cousin's room and just turn it up just enough for me to watch, to hear, so that way I could see the new episode for Superman. I'll tell you which episode that was for me. It was the phenomenon uh, or the the Patreon, the some sort of like <laughs> it's it's the giant rock creature that like crash lands to earth and everything like that uh oh. during the first season. Oh, oh okay, I've got the Prometheum? The Promethean? I think that's hold what on. it is. Uh the
0: the the Oh the, uh, the, uh,
2: god, I can't remember what it is. Uh, it's the it's, keep vamping. It's basically a kaiju it's a kaiju it's a kaiju like right. episode that's the way I, I i love me some kaiju episodes when superman fights like a giant monster or anything like that so that thing was right up my alley when i saw that that early morning in my cousin's house uh, Sick. It's yeah it's a, the uh show. it's the
0: promethean it's in uh season two
2: yeah there you go yeah season two the yeah, promethean. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah great, great pick show. genuinely great pick, great pick. um if yeah. we if we haven't made it clear, I feel weird uh, about following up since, you're, since you had a very personal story. I'm so but, sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. It's good. Sure, it's good. Don't it's good. be Like sorry. I said, I'm, I'm yeah. glad you shared that. Again, it yeah. speaks to how much the show matters, how much this character matters, and the effect that it had on us growing up with this show.
2: Seriously, yeah. There
0: but there my pick is episode 22 of season two, entitled The Late mr kent yes. uh this aired originally on november 8th 1997 it was written by stan berkowitz with art but <laughs> with art i'm using the book club uh, it's yeah. directed by kenji hachizaki yeah i love this episode because it's basically superman meets hard-boiled crime noir yeah i Fucking love this. And you know me, you know yeah, those are two of my favorite things. It's an episode it's made, made specifically for, you, exactly. for
2: me. Yeah, it was <laughs> ideally put you in. in they thought Eric Zahn is going to love this episode. That's yeah. The, yeah you know, whenever he really watches really this thought,
0: shit, yeah. oh man. Yeah. Yeah. He's ready to carry him really for a was. long time. Yeah. It's funny when we were talking in the old uh, group chat about the episodes that we picked immediately as soon as I said that this was mine, Jacob was like, yeah, I knew it. I yeah. knew you we were going <laughs> to.
2: Because I was it, gonna pick it too. I, it's I, I was so like, I know, good. I. It's such a great. It's such. It's it. It brings a film noir to Superman that I didn't think could was expected. Yes. This film noir. I've always depicted on something being Batman's territory. Something that. Yeah. Or like a Batman or any question, any other character, not Superman. And to yeah. start it off with a narration and a funeral scene. To, to to classic noir, bullshit. Like, noir yes. bullshit mystery like it was just like oh man we are we are like in the middle of a mystery right now
0: so oh, yeah. essentially the late mr kent is about clark trying to get this man who has been sentenced uh to death to the death penalty uh because of a murder that he's he, he says he's innocent and he wants to find the evidence to prove this man's innocence before he's killed uh, for a crime that he was unjustly committed for. And so Clark is trying to do his, you know, his his detective work. His journalistic skills are on display during this. And it's narrated very much like an old school noir crime mystery. So cool. Yeah. And during this investigation. It's like a Perry Mason episode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yes. It's very much a
2: Perry Mason episode. That's what I like to think of it. I walk
0: into my stool. Eddie's. Yes. Oh, I love this. Yeah. It's like, so I love the opening of this. Like, it goes, it's just luck. That's what it all boils down to, doesn't it? Smallest peak, one way or the other, it can save a life or destroy one. You can't fight it, no matter how strong you are. Like, delivered by Tim Daly, holy yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. Man. Fucking
1: incredible. Tim Daly is still my favorite Superman voice.
0: Still my favorite Superman.
1: Like, uh, That's said, my favorite. I love George I New Bern. love Newbern. I think Newbern does such a fantastic job. But Tim Daly. Yeah, Tim, Tim Daly. Tim Daly just he's got it.
2: Tim Daly also just elevates a little bit more because in terms of the AR like like the 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 pain that and grunts that Superman like gets hit from things and stuff like mm-hmm. that I believe the pain uh, so yeah. much more with Tim Daly because it yeah. sounds so more harsh then George Newbern yeah. doing it. It's because he has that sort of sque- he high-pitched squealness in his, like, in his gruffness in terms of like when, yeah. s- when Superman he gets hurt, he's like, ah! It's like this, uh, it's other otherworldly. It's so otherworldly yeah. to me. And 100%. I love
1: it. It's like Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker doing it. Like yes. oh, I yes. love, You know, like when he's getting hit with it, he's like, ah! Like, yeah.
2: Jim you know, like,
3: yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Daly's definitely of that you kind of that you, yeah, feel you feel that the pain. You feel that pain.
0: Yeah. yeah, but Tim Daly is doing the most, both in episode dialogue as well as the narration. And so mm-hmm. Clark finds the clue to exonerate this person, and he decides, "I'm going to drive over there because I want to be Clark." I, I, I and and I love how we kind of get into his hubris. As well, he's like, I want Clark to solve this, Clark, not Clark Superman. needs to have his victory. That's why right. he says something. He's just like, and I want this, this episode, to be Clark's victory. This episode, if anything, proves how important Clark Kent is to Superman. Just as a concept. I mean, yeah. he's driving his car to the governor's house, right? To try to give him the evidence. But all of a sudden, a bomb goes off. This car is... Just thrown off the mountainside highway into the water. Uh, he escapes, obviously. He's fucking Superman. But yeah. the evidence is turned to Ash. Destroy! And he begins making his way from the wreckage of the car to the surface of the water. But he says, a fishing boat. And he realizes that if he goes into the water as Clark Kent and comes out as Superman, his secret identity is done. And so he has to fly underneath the radar and underneath the water to, like, a different point come up and so it is stated that clark kent is dead and we find out that the funeral at the beginning was clark kent's and so now superman has to solve his own murder and he has to solve the murder that took place that got this guy falsely uh in prison the
2: condemned man yeah
0: yes and it's yeah. just it's an incredible story i don't want to give it away because i think the twist in it is incredible. And it's, what? it's also, it's fair. I mean, it it is pretty well telegraphed, but
2: it's also, yeah, it has one of the darkest episodes. Yes. It has the on. darkest
0: ending to yeah. an episode in the show. You know, I love every single time we get onto the book club, anytime that we get together, because everyone has such a, a great, um, Jacob and Malcolm always bring in such great uh, names on the on the Zoom call. It's always funny. It's always clever. And so, just for today, I'm gonna change my name so that we can go ahead and make something funny and clever. <laughs> <Whoa>!
2: <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> no,
0: no, no, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. No, 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 no. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> I
2: thought you're gonna say the gas chamber. All right. Well, Ooh, sure.
1: no. I mean, for no, them no, to no, have no, that no. in the. A- kids cartoon, cartoon though, it's kind of wild. Kids it's kind of wild like, for an episode yeah. to all be about like exonerating yeah. someone so that they don't get the death penalty.
0: It's, it's kind of wild. wild. Like that's bug nuts. It's wild. Meanwhile, then, like you switch over
1: to Power Rangers and they can't say murdered or like killed. They have to yeah, say like Spider-Man destroyed.
0: Spider-Man can't punch yeah. yeah. you know. right. can man can't punch
1: anybody. Yeah. yeah. Wolverine exactly. has to use his claws only on robots. So no bullets robots out of every episode. No bullets, no out, bullets out of guns. Out of it's gun. it's like, kind of wild. But yeah. we can talk about the death penalty. Yeah, we can talk about the death penalty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> we can subtle, wild. We could subtle make like uh, uh, homosexual like companionships here, but we can't talk about but you know, death penalty, you know. Right, like yeah, 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 old, yeah. You know? We don't want to go too far. But um can we talk about my my? My favorite, uh, my favorite moment in that episode, though, in uh, in the late Mister Kent, um, is uh, Lois Lane leaves the funeral to go to investigate Clark Kent's like um, uh, uh, yes. apartment, and Superman the, se- the apartment. meets up with them, and they're like doing some investigating, and then all of a sudden, uh, Lois goes away, and then Superman looks up and was like, "Lois, are you okay?" And and oh, she's just yeah. looking at this picture of of clark and them together and he's like, and she she says some of the best thing i've said uh, like always she just goes um i always teased him i always did i just i meant it in good health i had the biggest respect for him and she's like getting teary-eyed and and she's like yeah. and then superman's like has this li- superman has that little smile like that cheeky smile it's just like oh you really do care and <laughs> i'm still here i'm right here you know even mm-hmm. though i can't say that it's yeah. just but my favorite was just like, was just like I was like I was like he could be dead and forgotten, and he's like, well maybe he's not gone all after all, and she's like, I thought so too, but he should have turned up by now, and it's just so, it's just this great moment of like, of of Superman realizing the, the how much Lois cared yeah because like yeah. she has always put up in this show this barrier of teaziness and like yeah. all this other stuff yeah and absolutely. and and then to see her vulnerable and actually be like well honestly he was like a really great guy no, like yeah. he was actually my favorite yeah he was like, yeah, I him. like mm-hmm. uh, everything like that i may have teased him but he was actually my favorite
0: person in the yeah. whole group to work. Yeah. dana on. delaney again yeah dana delaney doing holy shit but also just representing how important Clark is to that mythology. mythology. I mean, there's a moment where, and I love this. It's right after Clark is uh, quote, quote unquote killed. Uh, the detective on the case, Detective Bowen, calls Martha Kent <laughs> and is like, "Hey, you're just re- you're just seeming really nonchalant about the fact that she's is dead." Yeah. She's like, "Well, I guess it just hasn't yeah, settled is- in yet." And she looks over, <laughs> and Clark's just there, yeah. in <laughs> Superman. He's <laughs> just like it's
3: a Superman
2: costume, yeah. just like. <laughs>
0: Uh, and, well, and maybe and you and can talk <laughs> about maybe
2: you can find a different identity. Like, <laughs> Paul's just, just, like,
0: just like, well, maybe he doesn't have to be Clark yeah. anymore. And Superman says, like, I need I mean, to, I be have to be Clark. I am Clark. I would go yeah. crazy. He's like, I would go crazy if I had to be Superman yeah. all the time. And it's just again, it has everything that I love the uh detective noir personal character beats a mystery superman it talks about his you know Man. his need for his secret identity uh there's there's great action he goes up against a helicopter in the in the big climax of this. Yeah. and We're attack good. helicopter it's incredible and it uh it proves that you can tell a dark superman story without bringing him down to that level Like, you can tell a dark Superman story without making him evil or without making him, you know, compromise his morals. It's just a great episode. And the way that they kind of solve Clark's uh, quote-unquote surviving, uh, bringing in Lana Lang, who had been introduced just a few episodes prior.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Fucking incredible. So good. Just fucking incredible. And I love the bow where she's just like, are you jealous? And Lois just like looks, and you know she yeah, is. Yeah. And she goes, "Yeah, just jealous of his luck." And then walks away. <laughs> what a great! He God, I love also yeah. the reason, show. like incredible. Also the what a great he, like, fucking uh, show.
2: Uh, what did she? What did she say? She? He couldn't remember. He couldn't. He he certainly remembered <laughs> your telephone <laughs> yeah. number. He couldn't remember who he was, but he certainly remembered your telephone number. Yeah, that's yes. yeah. yeah, so yeah.
0: fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> I love this episode. I love the episodes both of you picked. And I just, I love this show. If it's not obvious over the time that we've been talking about how much we love this show, we we love this show. It's a stellar it's, show. It's, it's, it's a wonderful show. representation of the character. I think it's one of the best introductions to the character that you could possibly give to anyone. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like introducing you to his world, his supporting cast, his mythology, I mean, introducing you to the wider DC universe, this is is for a lot of, you know, people in our age range, how they were introduced to a lot of the wider DC universe because they slowly Mm -hmm. started to, you know, ease it into this show and then it blew up into Justice League. Just an obviously incredible piece of art that has stood the test of time for over 25 years Uh, The first episode, I think it was like uh, a week ago, debuted in 1996.
2: 27 years now. It's been 27 years, exactly. It's
0: incredible. I love this show so much, and I hope to continue to talk about and continue to gush about how good it is for years and years to come. Yeah. Gentlemen, it's always great to sit down with you, (laughs) whether it's on the book club or otherwise. Yeah. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on Superman the animated series? Uh, who who's a character
1: that you wish they did more with on Superman the animated series?
0: Ooh, that's a great
2: question. Oh. Or that you wish <coughs> w-
1: that wasn't in the show that you wish was in the show.
2: Uh, I can answer that right away. Go ahead. Uh, I really wanted them to introduce Wonder Woman into the show, and I wanted it to be another world's finest, where it'd be called Trinity. And we introduce a three part episode. That would have been cool. Been following, like introducing Wonder Woman in this show. That was the one thing I always wanted as a kid. Like, uh, right. Because I wanted to know about Wonder Woman, because I didn't know anything about Wonder Woman at the time. Yeah. And it would have been a great vehicle to start that here.
0: Yeah. Hey, yo. I mean, for me, it's tough because I love all of the supporting cast and I feel like they do a good job showing off that supporting cast. I mean, I'm I'm a selfish niche boy, so I would have loved some Monel bullshit. Oh yeah, um, oh hell because yeah, because I love me some Monel. Yeah, if there oh, was yeah.
2: a fourth season, yeah,
0: yeah. It, I mean, it it was 1996. So it wasn't really, you know, prime mm, Monel. No, hours. but but Monel would have been really cool. Yeah. What yeah. about you? What about you, Malcolm? I'm curious. Um, I I I. I would have
1: loved some like Connor stuff, if possible. Oh, interesting. That would have been. That would be. Like I a think that's life. hard to Su- do. Superman. Yeah, I think that's hard to do. Yeah. But I would have loved some Connor stuff. Um, I would. I also like, would have yeah. loved if they did Black Lightning. I know I mentioned him earlier, but I would have loved if they did Black Lightning. You know, Black Lightning has a yeah, tie to sure. like Metropolis and yeah. Suicide Slums. You know, and I, yeah. I think Superman could have all the Black friends. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> only black friends. Yes, he needs he's more. Only, only black friends in the super yeah. building. Uh,
0: you know what, like Guardian, I think would have been interesting. Guardian would have been fucking. Oh yeah, I, I, I would have loved to see Guardian. You treat him like um, like Cap. Oh, what's his face in One Punch Man? Like you have him just be this like supporting character, running, <laughs> you know, going around on his bicycle. Like yeah. um, I would just say like, no, just
1: yeah, you treat him like the Captain America, and have him be like I don't know, like a Golden Age hero. For Superman, oh, just have, say, like, like a normal guy that so that's
0: fun. like, that was like inspired by Superman, and Superman learns that you don't have to have super strength or powers to be a superhero.
2: Yes. Like, there's yeah. so, so yes. much that
0: you could do. I mean,. There, there, there's one episode dedicated to the Legion that I absolutely adore, and maybe we'll talk Great about in another episode. episode. It's the new kids but, in
2: town, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. new, kids in, new town. kids in town.
0: I would have loved to get more Legion stuff too. Yeah. Uh, though we did end up getting a legit, uh, legit Legion of Superheroes. Which cartoon. rules?
2: Which it's those rules? Who don't it's rules. Really it's so good. Drives. It's so. That good. show the drives so hard.
1: One and two. Oh, yes, yes, it's
0: good. It's real intense. Um, uh-huh. and and to your point about Death of Superman, I mean we did kind of get that in superman doomsday yeah uh, that film which, was it feels aesthetically and... like that i mean yeah. it was obviously different different actors with everything i mean um i think it's alec baldwin plays superman alec baldwin A- adam adam yeah. adam baldwin thank adam you baldwin. thank you yeah uh adam baldwin plays superman and then it has one of my favorite portrayals of lex by uh spike from yes. buffy yes
2: yeah, James yeah. Morrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's very incredible. Good. Very good, Lex Luthor. Oh, I keep forgetting yeah. that he plays. quite Lex
0: exactly is. like DCU. A DCU yeah. death yeah. of Superman would have been interesting. I mean, I mean, we, we did,
2: did we we did get uh, Doomsday in the DCAU. It was in a Justice League episode. Yeah, you're right. Justice we did again, it in, Justice Justice League. League. Yeah. in Justice League. Yeah. So he had like a whole gonna...
0: episode, and then he also came back for um, the Justice Lords. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes.
2: Yes. 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 Absolutely.
0: But yeah, if you couldn't tell, Superman, the animated series, is iconic. It's timeless. It is a wonderful piece of fiction that represents the character as best as any other piece can. And uh, it answered the question that was posed at the beginning in 1996. I hope through through this episode, through the three season long run of the show that um Pat Jenkowitz got his answer because I think the answer to "Will Superman ever have an iconic and successful superhero t v show is a resounding yeah <laughs> 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 yeah. Set sail for one piece. It's the name of the treasure in the grand line. Geigo, Gaigo set sail for one piece. You don't know how badly I wanted to put that as the transition song for this. But I figured let's just go with We Are. It's the safe bet. The instrumental is really good. Needless to say... It's now time for the weekly review. This is the segment of our show where I review something weekly. And right now I am reviewing season one of Netflix's live action adaptation of One Piece. And let me tell you, gang, it's pretty good. I was very worried when it was announced that Netflix was going to adapt One Piece because, I mean, let's be honest. We've, we've, we've seen Netflix try to adapt anime to varying degrees of success most of which have been bad and i came into this with a with a very a very honest hope and i and i told people this i needed this to be good it wasn't a want it wasn't a a a passing fancy i needed this to be good why you ask well It just so happens that Netflix is also working on a live-action adaptation of my favorite anime of all time, Yu Yu Hakusho. And even though it's a very different show, handled by, I'm assuming, different uh, creative teams, this would be an indication on how good... Yu Hakusho might be so you can guess how excited I am for that live action Yu Yu Hakusho adaptation but let's talk about some One Piece because I was I was really excited to see how this shook out leading up to it obviously with strikes going on we can't do any kind of you know officially sponsored promotion or anything like that but the trailers looked great the actors are super into it especially our lead actor our luffy we're going to get into him in a second but i really you know, I, I was excited to see, at the very least, them attempt to tell this story and how far we would get into this story. Because there's no guarantee when this comes out that there's going to be a season two or however long this show is going to, you know, could possibly go on for. I mean, the manga is over a thousand chapters. I don't know what to tell you, but... With the announcement recently, this past week as of this recording, that they are indeed going to be getting a season two and that the showrunners have a plan for about six seasons. I mean... I'm excited to see more. I'm very excited to see more. So the first season comprises of eight episodes, and those eight episodes cover roughly about the first 100 uh, chapters of the original manga. So basically from Romance Dawn all the way to the end of Arlong Park. And this gives you the basis for almost everyone on the crew, at least all of the... We'll just say the humanoid characters. Um, we didn't make it to Chopper, to Frankie, or to... Um, oh, God. Why am I blanking on his name? He's the skeleton man. Why? Oh, he sings Binksaki. Um Oh, no. Hold on. I'm going to do this. I'm going to vamp while I'm doing this. Uh, I cannot believe I can't remember his name. It's, it's Brooke brook um it's it it was cool to get the establishment of the main cast essentially uh the rest of the crew i'm assuming will be collected over the next season or two but it was cool to see everything come together with some subtle tweaks here and there uh luffy played by yanaki godoy holy shit if anyone was made was born to play monkey d luffy it's Inaki Godoy. Um, he just has that irrepressible energy, the enthusiasm. And even though in the earlier part of the season, the first two episodes, the dialogue's still a little little stilted, they're still feeling things out. You can tell how much he loves the material and how much he loves this character because he infuses that enthusiasm into literally everything that this character does. Um, in order of how he meets them, um, Roano uh I believe his name is Makenyu. Uh, he's no stranger to uh, Netflix adaptations. I believe he played Scar in the full metal live action adaptations, and the less said about those, the better. Uh, I had a really good time with him. I, th- Of course, the argument that he's too pretty to play murder hobo Roano uh is there, but I think he was fantastic. In the show, I thought he brings that kind of badass samurai wants to be the greatest swordsman in the world energy, um, and he just looks great doing all of the action. All of the actors trained to do the action here, so you get great moments. Like I believe it's in episode two where we get that big old fight at the uh, at the Marine base. Oh, buddy, was that really fun to watch, especially with all of the. All of the discourse around, you know, CGI and all of the, you know, wacky bullshit that you would get in an anime adaptation, watching it be grounded was really cool and how they still managed to be creative with it during that. During all this as well, we meet uh, Emily Rudd playing Nami. Emily Rudd was fantastic. I do think as time goes on, we're going to need her. Need to get her a better wig, But it did get better as the season went on. And I think as we go throughout this show, it's only going to get better. She was fantastic all the way through having the intrigue that Nami had, constantly looking over her shoulder, giving the nervousness, the tragic backstory with Arlong and Nojiko. Great stuff. Really, really enjoyed her in this role. The one that I wasn't sure about initially was Sanji. Uh, Taz Skyler Sanji is one of my uh, one of my groomsmen's favorite characters in the entire show he's a diehard One Piece fan and I was very curious to see what they did with Sanji here and they picked an actor I've never seen Taz Skyler before and I wasn't sure initially his accent is so it's it's so London and it's not anything at what I expected it to be. I've always, for whatever reason, I've always pictured uh, Sanji with like either a French accent or like a Cajun accent. And seeing him in the flesh, I mean, seeing all these characters in the flesh is really cool. But seeing Taz really embody this character, I thought was a cool um, reinterpretation for me to kind of rework my brain and how I view that character. Really loved his stuff. Um, I think the i mean the rest of the cast is fantastic. I do have to give it up for a cup for i mean for mainly oh my god, I just forgot about Usop. Uh Jacob Gibson, Usop, wonderful. Wonderful. I'm a little sad that they didn't give him the uh the extended nose, but it's fine, he doesn't need it. Um talk about someone again just like uh Naki who was born to play Monkey D. Luffy. A person who was born to play Usopp. Um, Gibson's performance from the moment you meet him in Syrup Village all the way through until the end when he's cheering about how the back of his head is on Luffy's wanted poster. He's phenomenal. Uh, his storytelling is really, really funny. He has great chemistry with everybody. Wonderful work. But again, the people who stole the show for me were the villains. Jeff Ward's buggy is exceptional. He is fantastic throughout the whole thing. He has the proper amount of menace. He's just got, he's got it, right? He knows, he is so keyed in and locked into that character. Obviously, with how the, uh, how the landscape is in pop culture right now, you can look at him as Pirate Joker or whatever I that I've already seen those comments talked about, but Jeff Ward is doing enough to make this buggy feel different, while also still keeping with the spirit of the original buggy from the manga and the anime. Um, the other two villain or three villains that really just, I mean, crushed it for me, personally. Um, Vincent Regan as Monkey D. Garp. I mean, I never thought Garp would have a scottish accent but it feels so right for him and i am over the moon about it he is phenomenal in this role as kind of the i I don't want to say the overarching villain but he's definitely a a large presence that looms over the show more so than i believe the original um the original manga had him being until later on uh he was absolutely an established character but he wasn't directly involved with luffy as as consistently as he is in the show and i like the change i like setting him up as this authority figure who luffy is kind of rebelling against i thought it's really cool to see him grow and change and take on his two um his his two apprentices in Kobe and Helmeppo, who also crush it. Kobe is fantastic. Helmeppo, I thought, was hilarious. Um, I was so convinced they weren't going to give him the stupid haircut, but they did, and it looks glorious. And I mean by that gloriously bad, which is incredible. Um, but alongside Buggy, we get Alexander Maniatis as Clahador, a.k.a. Kuro. Um, what... A wonderful character. I've always loved Captain Kudo. I love that whole arc, the Syrup Village arc, when it's Usopp meeting him, learning about the village. I did miss... I'm jumping around here. But the Syrup Village arc, I think, had the... Most notable change for me initially in the show, where instead of setting the entire climax in some random ridge off of the coast of Syrup Village, they have it be almost like a horror movie—a one location just inside Kaya's house where Kudo and his crew are hunting them. Really cool horror vibes. I thought it was an inspired choice, and having the conclusion be in there, I thought was really well done. And. A thing that you can do when you are adapting and changing things to give them the room to uh, expand and get a little bit more creative. If you loved the original way that they did this, you've still got the manga, you've still got the anime. I personally preferred the backdrop of Kaya's home as opposed to that random rich side having Django there who is a weird enough character as it is. But I mean, the big bad who stole the show had to be McKinley Belcher the third as Arlong. Arlong is incredible. While I do think there are certain aspects of the show that speed through things that I would have liked to spend more time with. Arlong and his reinter not reinterpretation, because he is faithful to the comics. Um but I guess the reshuffling of his involvement in the series is, I think, really interesting. They completely nix Krieg out of the whole thing. He's supposed to be the big bad of the Barity arc, uh, or Baratier, I guess. Uh, but he is. Merked by mihawk immediately and they just move on and arlong becomes kind of the driving force of not just the back half of the barity arc but into arlong park um and arlong is incredible best villain of the series Incredible work. The stunt work was on point. The makeup. The makeup! If this show doesn't at least get a nomination for hair and makeup and costuming, I don't know what the hell we're doing here. Uh, He was fantastic. I mentioned Mihawk. Mihawk is incredible. I love me some big ol' swordsman. And this was one of, unfortunately, the things that I think they sped through too quickly. The confrontation between Mihawk and Zoro I think was much too quick. They should have spent more than just you know, 25 minutes of the episode. Uh, I really needed more of him. But what I did see him gives me a lot of hope for what we're going to get from him later on down the line. Uh, Shanks was also fantastic. I'm still feeling him out. Still filling out Shanks. I don't think we got quite enough of him to really dig our teeth into yet. But I am excited to see that character grow and his story continue. Um, He was played by uh, Peter Gadiot not really uh familiar with him uh his stuff says that he is uh he was in yellow jackets once upon a time in wonderland and other things Uh, he was in supergirl who is he in supergirl i'm gonna have to look that up but i i liked him i thought that his i love his crew i've always loved shanks as a character so i'm excited to get more from him as the story goes along um, but yeah, I think when it comes to the changes, the Berdy arc suffered the most, uh, having the Kree confrontation be nixed in favor of building things towards Arlong makes sense for the serialized nature of the series where it's going from the first episode, mentioning Arlong, building up to that big confrontation with Arlong, and across the series, having mentions of him, him showing up to Buggy's uh, tent, all that stuff, but I did kind of miss the creak of it all. I I, I really enjoy that Barody arc. And I was sad to see it shortened. But, I mean, there's only so much you can do when you compress 100 chapters into 8 episodes. But I really enjoyed the show overall. Um, The writing, I think, can get stronger. And I think it will get stronger. Um, Pay your writers. Pay your actors. Continue to support the strikes. Union strong. But overall... I loved the show. I thought it was really, really good. A wonderful adaptation. The first Netflix adaptation that I can 100% say I really, really enjoyed. Um, Even, you know, going back to I think what was the strongest one, maybe the Rurouni Kenshin stuff I didn't love. This one I really, really enjoyed. So I'm excited to see more seasons of this. Like it's like I already mentioned, uh, we do know that a season two is coming. We do know that six seasons are planned. We'll see if they get there. Um, and we do know that this whole thing is under the express approval of Eiichiro Oda, which is all we can ask for. He even... This is uh, emotional, but he he even did the hat crowning with Inaki. So uh, this series has the stamp of approval from Oda-san himself. So, um, I mean, what more could you ask for? But overall, really enjoyed it. Loved it. I think the most exciting part for me was the Syrup Village stuff, though it's very, very uh, closely followed by Arlong, then Romance Dawn, and then the uh, Barity arc kind of, ranked in that order Um, if you haven't watched it yet and you're a fan of One Piece I would probably recommend watching them two episodes at a time that kind of compresses each arc and each arc obviously like gives us a spotlight on a different character introduce a new member of the crew Uh, it's eight episodes so four blocks Um, I think it works really well and I think you should watch it so go do that but that's going to do it for the weekly review let's roll right on into this week's comics countdown (laughs) Ooh. Welcome back to this week's Comics Countdown for the week of September 20th, 2023. This is the segment of our show where I'll be chatting you up about all the comics you should be picking up this week. Whether it's at your local comic book shop, a comicsology, or however you get your comics, these are the ones I think you should definitely take a look at. Before we get into this week's books, though, we got to take a look back at last week's books with the Geeksplain Pick of the Week of last week. And it was tough. It was very tough, but ultimately I did choose Daredevil number one written by Saladin Ahmed with art by Aaron Cuter. You just can't do, you just, you just can't do anything but marvel at that Aaron Cuter art and Saladin Ahmed ain't no slouch in the writing department. I really enjoyed this. I wasn't sure how this was going to go. I mean, the creative team is incredible, obviously, but with how the zadarski run ended i thought that maybe it would be a good time for me to take a break from daredevil kind of what i did during the soul run but ultimately i was like you know what i'm gonna i want to pick up this first issue i want to see i want to get a you know a, a flavor test if you will of what this run has in store and i loved it immediately so i will definitely be staying on the dd train for a very long time but That's last week's books. This week, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight books for you to check out. And we're going to kick off this list with a pair of number threes, that being First Titans number three, written by Tom Taylor with art by Nicholas Scott. I know what you're thinking. Wait a second. This book's been out for a while. Why is it only on issue three? Well, that's because of Night Terrors and how much that book just... (sighs) That event didn't matter. I'm sorry. It just it, it, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't. But it's fine. It's okay. But we are back in the main story of Titans. This is issue number three. Let's dig into it. All hail the Church of Blood. With their newest leader, Brother Eternity, going public with a former titan as part of his flock, the church has more followers than ever before. Do the titans stand a chance at influencing the people of the world to fight brainwashing and prepare for the largest intergalactic threat looming on the horizon? Yeah, that's a lot, but again... Really cool. I'm still digging the Titans book. The first two issues I thought were really strong, and having, spoiler alert, Garth B on the side of the villains, I think is really interesting, and I'm curious to see how that shakes out. The other number three is, of course, Hawk Girl number three, written by Jodzia Axelrod, art by Amonke Nawelpan. I have been loving this book. The first two issues were wonderful, and it looks like it's going to get even better. So, so let's dig into the synopsis. It's Hawks versus Owls as Kendra soars to Gotham. Batman may have discovered a clue about Hawkgirl's new foe, and she's brought Galaxy and Argus as backup. Hawkgirl will need all the help she can get as she tangles with the Croc Block Street Gang, moments after arriving, only to rise to the skies and face the Court of Owls and a small army of Talons. I am really excited to see uh, what Jodzia has in store writing bruce i'm really really curious we talked about it when she was on the podcast uh a few episodes ago about how we would be uh not just spending time in metropolis so i'm excited to see her write batman and you know maybe she'll get more opportunities writing other characters she's crushing it with Galaxy and Haka right now. But I'd be lying if I wasn't interested in seeing how she tackles other characters as well. So uh, really excited to pick this up. Cannot wait to read it. Next up, speaking of Titans, we've got Nightwing number 106. This is written, of course, by Tom Taylor with art by... Uh, Stephen Byrne and Serg Acuna with a backup written by Michael Conrad. Uh, I am very curious to see, to pick back up with this because it's been a little bit. Again, all of these books were jumping back into post-Night uh, Terrors. I'm trying to like remember everything that happened. It's been months. So let's dig into the synopsis and feel, you know, kind of feel out whether we uh, have to do a quick recap on this or not. Sail the high seas with Nightwing and Batgirl as they journey across the ocean in search of the Holds' secret society that dates back to when Bloodhaven was founded. We saw previously in Nightwing 99 that the Holds' vault held, held several safes, and here we'll find out there has always been one left for Nightwing. Yeah, we're doing uh, some international intrigue, so I'm curious to see what they've got in store for us should be a good uh, one book that I really enjoyed last week was Superman Lost, and I'm really excited to dive back into the main Superman book with Superman number six, written by Joshua Williamson, with art by Gleb Melnikov. I am, I mean, I love this book, and of course I do. It's September. You gotta show up for the Superman book. And I think it's appropriate too, because this week, obviously, we've been talking about uh, Superman the Animated Series, and this book so far has been taking very much that kind of approach, and I've been loving it. I'm having a lot of fun with this book. I'm having a lot of fun with this creative team. I'm just glad we're back to it. Again, Night Terrors, it was great for the wallet, but again, I just, I missed the story that we were telling. So let's dig into this. New story arc starts here. First appearance of a new Superman villain. The Chained, Part 1. Following the shocking cliffhanger of Superman No. 5 and the events of Night Terrors, Superman has learned that Lex Luthor kept a prisoner beneath Stryker's Island for decades. Who are they and why did Lex lock them up? Can Superman unlock the secrets of the chain? I am really, really excited. I completely forgot about the cliffhanger from five and now I'm remembering it. And it was a hell of a cliffhanger. So I'm excited to, uh, to pick back up and see where we leave. Not just our, uh, man of steel, but also Lex Luthor. Next up, speaking of Superman, we have Batman Superman world's finest. Number 19 written by Mark Wade art by Travis Moore. You know how much I love this book. You know how much I love this book. And this is, again, we're in the arc where they are introducing Clark to Bruce for the first time, Batman to Superman. So, I mean, it's world's finest. It's world's finest. We're talking about world's finest earlier. It all connects. It all makes sense. I love it. Uh, Really, really excited to pick this up. Let's dig into the synopsis. The origin of the world's finest team continues. What of all things could tie the Riddler and the Phantom Zone together? And what secrets will the Dark Knight and the Man of Steel learn about one another that will define their friendship? All this and a lead-in to an upcoming event set in present day. So they kind of did this as well with uh, Batman vs. Robin, where the first arc of World's Finest led into that. I kind of hope this one's better. Um world batman versus robin was fine but i really love when world's finest is just playing in its world um going through the stories that we all kind of want to see younger heroes who are dealing with you know Silver Age-esque storytelling. Uh, just put through a modern lens with incredible art and incredible writing. But I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to see what event this is leading into. But we'll just have to find out. Next up, we have Guardians of the Galaxy number six. Our first Marvel book of the list this week. Written by the hive mind, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly with art by Alex Linz. Now this is an issue I have been waiting for, because here, dear listener, we are going to dive into the origin of this book. We're going to find out just how Grootfall got started, and we're going to find out how we went from the highs of the end of the Al Ewing run into the quite literal lows of the Hivemind run. I am really excited. I've been loving it so far. I can't wait to find out this origin story, especially now that we know that this book isn't going to be as long as I wanted or thought it would be. Um, I'm excited. Let's dig into the synopsis. The origin of Grootfall. One year ago, the Guardians were more than a team. They were the galaxy's superheroes. Now, the Guardians are outlaws, guns for hire, roaming the frontier in hopes of stopping one of their own. How did the Guardians fall apart, and what changed Groot into the monster he is now? The untold story is finally revealed. I'm so excited. I love tragic stories, and I am very, very interested to see what caused all of this. You know that the Hive Mind loves their world-building and are great on backstory, so I can't wait to pick this up. But the big books of the week, the two books I think you should absolutely be picking up, We started off with a pair of number threes. We're finishing off with a pair of number ones. First off, Wonder Woman number one. Written by Tom King, art by Daniel Sampier. This book has been hotly anticipated and has been on the lips of literally every person you know, if they have an interest in comic books. Uh, Tom King knows how to shake up Uh, whatever character or status quo that he's involved in, and he knows how to market books. Love him or hate him, he knows how to market a book. And Daniel Sampier's art is on another level. So I am very excited and very intrigued. I feel like I'm the only person in the world who hasn't read an advanced copy of this. So I am really, really interested to see Tom King's take on Wonder Woman. Let's dig into the synopsis. The Amazon Warrior is now a wanted outlaw. A new era for the Amazon Warrior begins from the superstar team of Tom King and Daniel Sampir. After a mysterious Amazonian is accused of mass murder, Congress passes the Amazon Safety Act, barring all Amazons from U.S. soil. To carry out their plans, the government starts a task force, the Amazon Extradition Entity, AXE, to remove those who don't comply by any means necessary. Now, in her search for the truth behind the killing, Wonder Woman finds herself an outlaw in the world she once swore to protect. That sounds awesome! I'm really excited. Wonder Woman wanted, I mean, tells y'all you need to know. I also love the new um, logo. Looks really cool classic evokes that old school mentality while also feeling fresh i'm really stoked on this but the other number one of course is captain america number one this is written by jms j michael straczynski with art by jesus saiz and i said it before this is a bitter sweet book i loved Speaking of the Hive Mind earlier, the Hive Mind and Toshiyuki Nyabuchi run of Captain America. I was sad to see it go. I felt like it didn't, it didn't have enough time. I wanted more, but I love Straczynski's stuff, and I am very curious to see what this book ends up being. Following, of course, that stellar Hive Mind run. So, let's dig into the synopsis and see what they've got in store for us. What future awaits the man out of time? Decades ago, Steve Rogers changed the world forever. Now, powerful and insidious forces are assembling to ensure he never does it again. Past, present, and future collide as the man out of time reckons with an existential threat determined to set the world on a darker path at any cost. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I still feel like I would have preferred the pitch that I gave a while ago where the Hive Mind takes Steve off the board for a bit. He's in, uh, he's helping out in Dimension Z, and this is kind of a Captain America year one. I still think there is a story there that we could tell. But either way, Very excited to check this out. I love Jesus Saez's work. Um, I believe Matt Hollingsworth is doing the colors on this. And I mean, one of the best in the game. And obviously, I already mentioned I love Straczynski. Straczynski can write literally anybody. So I'm excited, really excited. I mean, about all these books, let's be honest here. To recap, we've got Titans number three, Hawkgirl number three, Nightwing number 106, Superman number six, Batman Superman, world's finest number 19, Guardians of the Galaxy number six, Wonder Woman number one, Captain and Captain America number one. Night Terrors is over. The DC Universe is back on the tracks. We've got brand new number ones. So now is the perfect time to jump back over to your local comic book shop and pick up some great comics. (laughs) And that is going to bring us to the wrap-up. If this is your first time joining us on the Geeksplain podcast and you like what I do here, feel free to subscribe to us on the podcasting platform of your choice and give us a rating and review. We drop new episodes every single Wednesday, and honestly, ratings, reviews, and subscriptions really do help me and the podcast out in this weird podcasting algorithm space. Raises up our stock and gets us out and into the orbit of listeners just like you. And if you give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to call it, I will read your review here on the podcast. You can write literally whatever you want. I will be forced to read every single word you write, as long as you give me those five stars. The sky's the limit on what you can make me say. <laughs> uh, and you'll be able to join the likes of our terrific twenty-one, including C-Fire ND Joshua panels to Pixels, Matt Draper, Burrito Man eighty-eight, Doug from For Every Kind of Geek, Don Swanson, that guy Brian mouth dork dallas meeks amazing spider fan alok and az sass jedi jesse 20 ken 4656 director hall mullet overlord invisible man 11 ed likes things clip 326 that logan and ken from norway I want to say a huge thank you to these fine folks for their reviews and i cannot wait to hear yours it really does help us out i I recognize that I say it every single week and it's like a a bit at this point, but it really does help the podcast out Um, for whatever reason. You know, the last I mean, probably the last five episodes, for whatever reason, haven't been getting as much traction as I would like Um, and really just getting the word out. Sharing us around if you enjoy what you're listening to, uh, word of mouth goes a real long way, whether it's in reviews, whether it's just saying, Hey, I like this podcast. If you're interested in this stuff, you might like this too. Really does help me out. Really, really does. Um, We're trying to make sure that this podcast is as good as possible. And um, I can only do that with your help. So, balls in your court, I guess. But also, if you want to uh, have an email read on the podcast, you want to reach out to me, want to... Have a chat, maybe you have a question or something. If you want to be part of the Geek Explained mailbag, send your emails to geekexplained at gmail.com. Put mailbag in the subject header, and I will read it here on the Wednesday show. If you'd like to keep up to date with the podcast, participate in polls that decide future episodes, get first notification when I make announcements or when episodes go live, or maybe you just want to shoot the shit with me on the latest geeky news, you can do all of that by following us on the various social medias uh, Instagram and Twitter. At Geek Explained Pod, that's at Geek Explained Pod, as I continue to try to get better on Instagram and for as long as Twitter, I'm not calling it X, is around, that it would be the place to find us. Finally, this Friday and every single Friday, if you liked what you were listening to with three geeks just talking about. Comic books. Well, then let me tell you, you can get your geek on every single Friday because Malcolm Jacob and I put on the Geek Explained book club. Currently, we are going through every single issue of every single volume of The Flash Rebirth. We are heading into the final stretch. We've only got a couple episodes left this week. This Friday, we're going to be covering The Flash Age, introducing new villain Paradox, and getting the stage set for the end of Joshua Williamson's time on the 2016 Rebirth run of The Flash. It's going to be a good time. If you liked today's episode, I think you're going to enjoy the book club. Check out our back catalog, and make sure you tune in this Friday and every Friday. Flash Fridays are a real thing, so be there or be square, not a circle. That is going to do it for this week's episode and for part three of soup next week, the grand finale. I have kept this under wraps when I did the initial announcement. I redacted what this episode was going to be, but it will see the return of our Pitch It series, where I will be pitching to you for the very first time my take on Ken and Kong, a.k.a. New Superman. I will be giving you my full pitch next Wednesday as the grand finale of our first ever Soup-Tember. I'm very excited to share this pitch with you. I've been percolating on it for a long time. So stay tuned for that next week. Same geek time, same geek channel for the finale of soup but for now, for the Geek Explained podcast, I have been Eric Azana. Thank you so much for listening. Everyone, stay safe, stay super, and we will see you next time. The Spitalik in that show is incredible too.
2: It's so good. It it re- was. T- I, I had uh, I had to restrain so much to not make that my favorite episode. Just because Adventures
1: like, of Superman is now my favorite Mitzel
0: Spitalnik take.
2: Oh yeah, same. I do oh, love yeah. it. I holy shit. The from The, the design that show, fucking dude, yeah, where
0: it. he's <laughs> like, "Oh, I gotta find my crown," and it's the little purple bowler hat. Oh, yeah! fuck, dude, which tells fuck, you that dude. this is the same character
1: yup! Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. shit. Across that every single rocks. show. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. He's just like, oh, th- this is an anime universe, so I gotta look... Yeah, anime I gotta look like an anime character. Yeah. yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Incredible. No,
1: he looks so adorable, but, and he's so funny. <laughs> it
0: was so... F-
2: well, the minute he was just like, hi, I'm Mr. Mixed S. I I have to take you... You have to trust me, take me through time. And I was like, oh, my God, this is my new favorite... This is my favorite episode. my favorite episode of the entire... When
0: they... When they decided, hey, the Fleischer Lois Lane discovered the multiverse. I'm like, you have yes. me for No. Me me me
3: so. Oh have my me. god! Oh everything everything my makes god. sense now. E- I
0: everything. will be on board for whatever you need. I'm telling you, that is a spaceship. I
1: would love to do literally whatever menial job on.
0: Yeah, literally yes, whatever. Exactly. Surrounded. I will absolutely surrounded be surrounded by boy women on that ship. you could simp for. Yes,
1: I will absolutely be slave all boy of, on this. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yes, Lewis. Yes, Miss Lang. Right Miss Yes, Miss Yes, Miss <laughs> yes, 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 <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Put me in yeah. a little like Chippendale bow tie and the undies. <laughs> I'm there. Like I'm here for it.
2: <laughs> call me I'm Alfred, fucking... please. Please call
1: <laughs> me Alfred. Fucking treat me like trash, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm begging for
3: it. I'm begging. I'm pleading. <laughs> My God. It's so good.